Hello and welcome to the Jewish Mother Me podcast. This is the podcast that ponders whether everybody could do with a little bit of Jewish mother in their lives. Doesn't matter about the age, religion, gender, where you live or who you live with. Whether you've got kids, whether you're living in the middle of nowhere, could there be something about the Jewish mother that could perhaps enhance your life, maybe make it a bit more uplifted or maybe make you think, no, I'm actually okay how I am, but thanks for asking. My name's Angela Epstein. Noemi Lopian. And Lynn Dover. On this edition, we're taking a fairly sideways view of the Jewish mother. Perhaps it's a little bit brutal and a little bit honest because we've brought in some young people who are going to give us a 21st century snapshot of what it's like to be Jewish mothered. So as I said, my name's Angela and with me is my daughter Sophie. Hi, I'm Sophie. I'm 17. I'm in the middle of A-levels and about to start my last year of school. Hi, this is Lynn. Let me introduce my daughter, Abby. Hi, I'm Abby. I am 20 years old and I am about to start my third year of medical school. Noemi here and let me introduce Nina to you. Hi, I'm Nina. Um, I'm 18 years old and I just finished A-levels. Well, thank you girls for coming in today. Tell us, what is the 21st century Jewish mother experience? What's it like to be Jewish mothered now? I'd say there's some pressure to build a home, raise your children and also hold down a career. And that's what I've experienced with my mum at least. Yes, well, that's what I have tried very hard to do my whole married life, is to try and be a good role model. I don't always succeed. A good role model or a good mother? Do you uh, think the two are entwined? I think it's pretty much the same thing. And as we say at the beginning, you don't even have to be a mother to be a Jewish mother as such. So within our lifestyle and our religion and our outside world, we try and do everything. And that is actually quite hard. So I feel as though... Uh, we do set the bar quite high when it comes to our daughters and we expect a lot. I mean, I'm wondering if any of you feel pressurised by being Jewish mothered. I feel pressurised to kind of build a home and balance the two, having a career and also being the woman of the house, making Friday night dinner, making chicken soup, all those quintessential things. But I also feel like there's less pressure because it's so common, everyone does it and it's doable, so it's just kind of a given. Somebody said in this room they would rather have a nanny and be Prime Minister. I'm wondering, I'm trying to remember who it was that, that told yeah, me I this. Said was that, that you? Yeah. A cheeky thing. Yeah, go on. Why would that be? Well, obviously, I was, it was an exaggeration, but I'm saying you can do both, but it's also within the limits. You can't fulfil both roles to the fullest extent. You need to have a bit of both. So, yes, I'm happy to have a nanny whilst being Prime Minister. Hope you'll all vote for me. Mm. Um <laughs> We'll see. If you empty the dishwasher, we'll think about it. <laughs> um, but I also think that within reason, you can be a Jewish mother, but a Jewish mother isn't mutually exclusive with not having a career. You can have both. But Nina, you've been Jewish mothered by more than one Jewish mother, wouldn't you say, in yeah, your house? Well, and they're not all just mothers, are they? Yeah, I'm also the youngest of four sisters, so they also mother me. And what about your dad? Yeah, I'm very close with my dad. He's very soft and he also really looks after me, I guess. But he had an extraordinary role model as a Jewish mother, didn't he? Yeah, my Bobby. Um, we went there every Friday night. She lived just around the corner and it was amazing. Um, she was all very good to us, but she recently passed away, unfortunately. And how old was she? Was she quite... 94. And, so... she had, and you had lots of cousins and second cousins? And... Yeah, we had a, a massive family, which was also so nice because every Friday night 
we went there and we would see them all. But what about your... <laughs> Go on, Noms, I'm going to say it because you're holding back here. Do you think I have pushing... to hear it. I was well... going to say, you, you say, because I was going to say, with all these potential Jewish mother figures around Nina, did that give you a bit of time off, do you think? I think I took time off or I, um, I'm very grateful for the various mothers in Nina's life. She has an Auntie Marion, my mum, Mama, Bobby, Nina's dad's mum, and dad, who is a very stable and a strong mother figure. So I get sometimes referred to as the monster who does the practical things and the doing things. So don't be afraid, Nina, and don't hold back. How do you feel being mothered by the monster? Or the woman? <laughs> no, I do monster. say you have monster moods, but that's... <laughs> it's not all the time, very rare. No, I just say you're very overprotective, but it comes from a good place. You're very well-meaning and you want the best for me. I say this, <laughs> when I was in year seven, you walked me to the stop, which was one minute away, because you didn't want me to be by myself. And I guess, is that being a Jewish mother or being the baby of the family? But Noms, you used to talk about the fact that you felt overmothered by your mother, who obviously yes. had a very singular experience because she'd been ripped from her family during the Second World War. But you said you railed against it, and yet isn't it interesting how... The, yes, um, it's very true. Out? But I think uh, Nina's 18 now, and so we're talking about seven years ago. And I almost felt that even though I came across as anxious, that that was the right thing to do. That was the right way to mother. And uh, for me, it's also been a whole huge learning experience how to mother effectively. And of course, we try and of course, we make the mistakes that we want to avoid that the previous generation has done. And as you can see by what Nina said, I've just repeated them. So being aware doesn't always make you avoid the same mistakes. But I'll keep trying. My mother-in-law collected fridge magnets and one of her fridge magnets <laughs> used devil. to say, if I'm allowed to say it, I won't say the full word, sh one I've turned into my mother. I feel like <laughs> it's almost a self-fulfilling prophecy that we look at our mothers and then we, we think it's you just can't help it. It's history repeating itself. What do you think, Abby? Do you think you're going to turn into me? I mean, however much I roll my eyes and go, oh, I'm never going to be like that. So far, I think my life has a remarkable resemblance to how yours has turned out. Studying, my mum studied dentistry and is a dentist. I'm studying medicine at, at the same university. I've got the same, well, I'd like to think I have this. I do a lot of creative stuff like art, making stuff, cooking. Do you think you've got that from your mum or do you think you've developed that independently? I think there's a, a bit of both. I think it's, well, my mum has been my primary role model in life and yeah. having her to look up to. And then also we're all medics in the family. It's been a slight pushing towards that but only if I wanted it myself if I did it and it was found that I actually didn't want to do it and turns out she pushed me she'd be really upset and it did originally come from my own wanting to do it does uh, the prospect of turning into your mother scare you girls or not a bit sometimes people go up to me and say you look like your mum and I'm like thank you I often get you sound like your mum all the phrases that you say I've sort of picked up on or in things when I'm talking to people, they go, oh, you sound just like your mum, or... What sort of phrases? Careful, things, tiger, careful. <laughs> no, things like, um, don't give people information they don't need. Yeah. I always say that. Also, like, the phrases that we picked up from grandma, like, make your mess where you had your beard, that kind of thing. Very like, good. It's not only phrases, but it's also things that... The like, philosophy. Yeah, it's the philosophy that like, I'd hope to emulate, but as people often say, oh, you sound like her. Um, and and how does that make you feel? Part of me is like, oh, that's... <laughs> I can see you cringing. Um, I mean, part of me is happy, obviously, because you're a, 
I don't know if you've heard it before, but you're quite um, an articulate speaker on, on national Most TV. Definitely. Ta, ta much. <laughs> yeah, I know you don't hear me say it a lot, but it's true. So part of Hashtag me, never. <laughs> yeah, so yes. in a way, like I've inherited that. But I also think sometimes we are very opposed on different things and how we like present ourselves. Yeah. But for the most part, probably, yeah. I don't shy away from it. Is there something that you would say about being Jewish mother that you've never admitted to your mothers before? Or are you quite open? For example, in the choices that you made. So Nina, for example, Noms, you you were already a mum when you were studying. You got married very young. How old were you? I was just 20 when I got married. And there's there's quite a lot of young marrieds in your family, Nina. Yeah, so Orly, my elder sister, got married at 21. And Ella just got married and she's 20. And does that influence you in any way? Yeah, I guess so. I guess there's no pressure from my mum that if one needs to get married young or just do whatever flutes your boat type thing. But just whenever I feel ready. You don't so. sort of... <laughs> no, not right now. I've just finished A-levels, want to chill out for a bit, establish myself first. What sort um, of things do you fancy doing? I'm taking a gap year, which is very exciting, in Israel. I'm doing seminary. I'm going to see Israel explore, which is integrated with learning full-time and volunteering, working on Kibbutzim which is really exciting, meet new friends, new opportunities. Do you have contemporaries who are thinking quite opposite to that, who are thinking, actually, this is now the time I want to start thinking domestically of settling down? Yeah. What does that say to all of you, actually? A lot of my friends, it's quite interesting, were telling me that they want to get married straight after they do their gap year in seminary. And it's like good for them that they want to do that, but I couldn't because I just wouldn't want to rely on a man so early on. And, <laughs> yeah. Girl power, girl power. Abby, Abby, your eyes were bouncing around your head then. In my school year, as of yesterday, four girls are now married, which is quite intense. But I always thought when I was younger and seeing years in school older than me, when half the school year was married, did the other girls feel any pressure? And I thought they must be. But now I'm in the same position. I really don't. Like, I know I'm happy with what I'm doing. I know they're happy with what they're doing. And that's what's fabulous about it. But I'm definitely not feeling any pressure and definitely won't go down that sort of route for a a good few years. It's funny, I don't know what you think, girls, but one of the classic stereotypes about Jewish mothering, and for every stereotype, certainly now, as, as all you young people have proven, is that you can confound it and actually turn it on its head, is that you get pushed. So I'm wondering if where the line between pushing and influence is drawn in terms of what you do next with your life. Well, I think if we're talking about the whole marriage thing, I think you do it as a joke sometimes but I know you don't actually mean it you know when I was like seven years old I'm not going to say his name but there was a certain person you know who I'm talking yes, about yes. he was like, like oh saving you for Sophie and he was what like 28 when I was seven or something like that. <laughs> but he was a doctor Sophie he was yeah, a doctor that kind of like <laughs> that kind of like Jewish mother mindset of you know marrying well um so there is kind of pushing with that I think I think my mum would find herself in range so early if I'd married out Whoa, that's a whole different conversation. <laughs> no, I'm not saying I'm good. No, but I'm saying there is a lot of Jewish mother influence of marrying well, but also I think being modern, like Nina said, being dependent on yourself because it's a partnership. It's not something I feel pushed towards at this moment in time because I'm only 17. But but what about this whole idea of the choices you've made about what you want to do next? I don't feel pushed in terms of my career. You've kind of basically told me to just do whatever interests me and I think in our world is what you girls are aware of is your choices sort of very early on whereas sometimes because you're aware of people around you getting married quite young whereas I suppose in other societies or uh, 
milieus, you wouldn't necessarily see that and even think about it. I know that when the first girl in your class got engaged, it was like, whoa, it was a wake-up call to sort of all of you. And it made, it certainly, I know, it made Nina's sister, Ella, one of my twin girls, think, is that what I'd like to do? And she decided, yes, this is what she'd like to do. And I think we support here our daughters with their choices. That's the most important thing, not to really push, but to guide. But there is a fine line between pushing and guiding. One of the things my mother always said to me was, you should try and be self-reliant and not necessarily rely on your husband too much, especially financially, because you've got no idea what's going to happen in the future. And if you can create, if you're lucky enough to have the opportunity to make a career for yourself, which you can bring some independence Dependence to yourself, then it's very important. And that's one of the things I've tried to instill in Abby. And I think she's definitely taken that on board and understands that. Yeah, I've definitely been encouraged to always have my own money, like, because always be independent because you never know what's going to happen. So, what are you doing at the moment to do that? I'm working in restaurants, saving up money to start my third year uni just keep working it's to be admired yeah it'll only set her in good stead when she's please god qualified junior hospital i do wonder and i would have loved to have got some boys here on the podcast too and and i haven't i haven't got any sons listeners and it's something um that i wonder would be like i do think sons are for their mums um so i wonder do you think it's not applicable to you, sorry, Nina. But the rest, we have to think about others too. Can't always do what's applicable Gosh, just to us. Let's pause uh, live on air. <laughs> Nina is being Jewish mothered. Yeah, <laughs> do your Jewish mother your sons differently to your daughters? Do you think? <laughs> I, I think so. It's probably because I'm the youngest, so the way that you treat Sam and Max and also Aaron is a lot different to the way you treat me. Because you've got three older brothers. Yeah, I've got three older brothers, but I'm saying I don't know if it's because they're older and I'm the youngest or it's because they're boys, but it's definitely like a difference. You kind of do let them do their own thing a bit more. I don't know if that's because they're more mature, but I am at the age where I'm probably also mature. I do think that like there's a difference in the way that you kind of treat us. Not not as a bashing, but kind of the things that you say to them and the advice that you give them is sometimes a bit different. But it's not something that bothers me. It's just a difference. Do you think it's right? Do you think that there is different advice for girls and boys? Yeah, because I think that at the end of the day, even though we're the Jewish mothers and we're the domestic head of the house, at the end of the day, like the man is the man, is the man of the house. So I think being that the Jewish father of the house It's not more of a responsibility, it's just a different responsibility. So I think that advice that you give on to Sam, especially now that he's married, is obviously very different to the ones that you would give to me. I mean, Abby, you've also got three big brothers. You're like Sophie, and I wasn't sure if you had a touch of indigestion or if you were disagreeing (laughs) with the point. I can't hide my expressions from my face. No, I think it's wonderful. You've got a wonderfully expressive face. I just think that with the way my parents have dealt with it, especially my mum, I think it's been more of an individual basis. I don't really see the fact that we all got different treatment Was it due to our genders? I thought it might have been a needs basis. I think um, today's society is such that there are different safety issues, particularly for girls, than there are boys. I wouldn't necessarily like Abby to be walking around alone at night. And I think that's something that's quite topical these days. Mm. Whereas I would be less worried about allowing my boys to roam the streets at night, just being sociable and going to places, nothing sinister. But I just think society is not equal in so many ways that we have to tailor our Jewish mothering to the child. Can't make blanket rules. Because they have the absolute right.
right to walk where they like, do what they like, but just it's just a question of be aware. It's not because you don't have 100% right to do that, but there's just being awareness. just made me think now because I can see the way I mother is to tell them, don't do this, don't do that. And yet when I go and talk to young people, I think I'm a motherly type of person. I try and empower them. So rather than saying to them, don't do, is what can you do to make society better? And maybe I should bring that in in my own mothering, Nina. Yeah, I would agree, actually. But I guess you do send me texts, like, if I'm chilling with friends half 11 or I want you to come home and <laughs> be safe. And I'm at 18, so I thought in year seven it would stop. But <laughs> <laughs> it never stops. It, it never stops. stops. We always worry about our children, yeah. whether they're five or 55. Are there moments at which you felt Gosh, I am really being seriously mothered here. This is a Jewish mother moment. I know, Nina, you've talked about getting the text, but are there moments when you think, this is a Jewish mother moment? Well, yesterday I had the audacity to leave my window open <laughs> and I got a text saying, mm, this isn't good enough. And I sent her a picture of the open windows. There was nobody in the house. It was at the front of the house. It's a hot day yesterday and it was an open invitation to me, say, burgle me to the house. <laughs> I shouldn't have drawn and quartered for it. I'm really I just sent her a photo of the, the open windows. That's all. I was but not. How, how there was much no does hanging that, drawing or quartering. Just saying. Drawing. How much does that sort of thing bother you, girls? Because I feel that's something that mothers do is telling you what to do on practical things, and I can see you're very sensitive to that. And my girls are equally very yeah. sensitive to that. And yet, Lynn and I, and I'm sure Angela as well, we're doing it to protect the house, to protect the family. But it gets seen or perceived as a as a criticism, and doesn't it? And to teach, it? So, so our children learn from what we say, hopefully. Yeah, but how can we mother without being critiques? Because what I what I so took away from one of our previous podcasts was Lord Finkelstein saying that his parents never criticised him. And he therefore, in part, maybe there's lots of other reasons, had this pure, undiluted adoration. And I feel that my children feel that I criticise them a lot. I guess we don't care so much about the practical things, but it's more I feel like sometimes you blow things out of proportion, like the small things. Let's say if my room's messy, it's like the biggest thing in the world or... I wouldn't say it's one of your monster moods quite yet. No. <laughs> no. I, don't, I don't want well, to know what interest. my monster moods are then. Yeah. I actually feel like all the things that Abby said about leaving the window open, I actually get that more from my dad. I think he has that Jewish mother element. But I feel like with you, the criticism is you're always on at me, so if you put the things in the dishwasher, and I know it's because it's to make your life easier, but I feel like in the back of your mind you're thinking... Well, this is a two-edged thing, yeah, because I hate coming home and finding plates in the sink. But I also think, we, you know, we live an interdependent life at the moment. We all live in the same house. And I think one of the things about Jewish mothers is we don't want to say too much about the stereotype because modern men are very different to fathers and grandfathers that came before us in that they're expected to pull their weight. Although I think we've spoken before about the fact that our generation may have been a bit guilty of creating that situation by saying, I'll do it because we can't be bothered. And I think my, somebody once said to me, just show me your back where you put the rod but I think that's kind of rubbed off onto Sam like I don't know if he minds us talking about him but he's our of, eldest but I'm saying like the difference between him and dad like the way you've brought him up Sam's very domesticated he'll cook dinner for tomorrow and he'll clean and he'll do the dishwasher and that for him that's a no-brainer and that kind of interdependence you've sort of amazing transmitted that onto him but whereas with dad he's more traditional, traditional. <laughs> I'm very much echo what Sophie's saying um, my three boys are or will be the chefs 
in their household, <laughs> I think, and will do a large part of the domestic tasks that need doing. And if they see something, they'll do it. They don't do it when they're in my house, but they do it when they're in their own houses. So that has well, made me very proud. About that? I'm yeah. very happy. Exactly. I'm very happy that they are. I found um, it very uh, hard when I was studying that I had, and I really resented that I had to have the traditional domestic role. I was quite angry about it and uh, it often sort of stopped me from seeing the beauty of Judaism particularly when I was young and had a very black and white perspective on life and I do adore my husband and he does do a lot and probably now he does do a lot more than more yeah since corona a lot more but at the time it would have been nice to have shared when I was studying the domestic duties because we just didn't eat them well, I mean, Mars bars or mother's food. If you think about it, there's parity here between Noemi and Abby. So Abby is a going into the third year of medical school. By the time you were in your third year at medical school, Noms, where were you up to? Until I, had your a, I, had a, I had my eldest daughter a month before my second MBE we had at the time, yeah, before big exams. So, you well, are amazing. So how no, does that my res- mum helped me a lot. My Jewish mum helped me a lot. It still doesn't undermine the achievement. Anyway, Abby, go that on. That sort of terrifies me if I imagine <laughs> that a volume of work I have during term time and then have to look after a whole human life on top of that. <laughs> and, and, and be pregnant at and the be same pregnant. time. That gives me shivers. And and I don't do you know how you did that. Um, I tried to keep it private because in my day it really wasn't approved of mm. so but I had two wonderful female tutors and I looked uh, one of them was a natural mother she'd say there there when I came for a moan she was the biochemistry tutor and the other was the physiology tutor and she would like give me a whipping saying come on come on of course I went under the excuse of wanting to know more about physiology and biochemistry but what these wonderful two women did um, they mothered me in different ways and when I needed mothering in one way or the other I would go to them and I've never forgotten that kindness. We've touched upon this we've skirted around this because obviously we can see from the three young ladies in our studio today that the world is wherever we're, I won't say oyster because oysters aren't kosher, but the world is seriously, <laughs> the world is your oyster. Mm. But food is a big deal. I wonder if any of you feel the pressure of the whole food thing or the Jewish mother attitude to food. We've heard the stereotype of eat, eat, but also the, the homemaking. Is there anything that's come across yeah, to you? Yeah, I guess that is a bit of a pressure, I think, especially dinner times. It's such a huge responsibility, you know, feeding your family. And as a Jewish mother, I think it's such a huge thing, making sure people get fed as well, which is also actually a really nice thing. But bless you, mum, you've got a thing of <laughs> trying to overfeed people when they can. But I guess that's just like a comforting thing. I actually really don't feel that pressure of making loads of food. <laughs> and all of that. I don't know if that's just because me, my my personal thing, but I think you always try and obviously feed people when they come and make food and I always have home-cooked meals every night, but I don't necessarily feel that pressure because I think it's one of the pillars, obviously, a Jewish household, but for me it isn't the be-all and end-all. Obviously you have your chicken soup and things like that. So you'll have a chef as well as a nanny. Yeah. (laughs) But Abby, so Abby with you and and we can all, Lynn, you're just going to have to take this one for the team. Lynn, you are an unbelievable cook. You're creative. (laughs) Yeah, okay, okay, it's fine. We've tasted her divine food. It's a feast not only for the palate, but for the eye as well. Yeah, it's beautiful. But so Abby, we've talked about the fact that your mum is a dentist and she's raised (laughs) kids and everything, and yet she wants to really embrace the whole food thing so when your house is stuffed with people on a Friday night and you can see already on a Monday your mum's thinking about putting a pavlova in the shape of the Eiffel Tower into the freezer ready for does that create a pressure for you or you've just been brought up that way 
there's the personal pressure you feel from yourself, but there's also the external pressure from guests that have just eaten a Friday night dinner meal and they, they go up to me after and are you going to just be like your mum when you're older? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, probably, but I don't know. And I think having a mum who's probably hyperactive does, yeah, yeah, does a lot. And it's good that you have that role model, but it's also a lot of pressure to try and be like that. And I think, I think she always says that if you were to have her gravestone and write on it, here lies Lindover, she was very lazy, she'd come back and haunt me, haunt everyone who wrote that. <laughs> so I just think there's a lot of pressure, but it's also an example of how you actually can do it. But does mum allow you not to have that pressure, Lynn? Do you say, I don't expect you, Abby, to be like me? Or I would hope so, because I have, feel like I've worked very hard over the years, and I would hope that... Unfortunately, society puts a lot of pressure on women in general to try and do everything, which is probably what I've taken on board and run with. And I'm tired, like I keep saying on this podcast, and I think I would hope that our daughters don't feel as much pressure to do five desserts and all the other um, well, why don't you meals. allow yourself that same? Yeah, because I, I don't know. <laughs> Probably, <laughs> I am a big show off. There is a, an element of showing off and having to be better no, and highly competitiveness not. in me. But I think it's not just about the food. I think it's the sort of hosting lifestyle, having people around the table. Mm. And I think that, well, like Sophie and you know, like you have friends around all the time. You feel comfortable hosting. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. I think it's definitely a good thing about a Jewish mother is that every week you become accustomed to having a Friday night dinner and a Shabbat meal and kind of having all those conventional foods. Like it's nice to be grown up, to be brought up with that, and then to obviously do that again when you become a Jewish mother just getting used to having people hosting them asking them about their lives I always think it's so nice when we have guests for Friday night dinner or Shabbat lunch and they always ask me about my life and just having that conversation I agree with Abby it's more than just the food it's the whole ethos of it so it never happens that when parents say oh we're having such and such and such and such a Friday night dinner there's any Eye rolling. I know, there's that sometimes. Oh, definitely. I'll say for Friday nights, there's a lot of preparation that goes into it, all the meal making and just for Shabbos generally, but I'd say it's worthwhile. I mean, I really, really enjoy Shabbat's meals and Friday nights, and it's so nice because you really sit down and spend it with your family, unless, as you said, yeah. guests come sometimes and there is a few eye rolling, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when you're tired no at the names. end of the week. No names, mm-hmm. but what constitutes an eye roller of a guest? A Karen. Karen. <laughs> no, not, not the name Karen, it's No, the, no, no, the, no, it's no the, not the, It's the Karen. Explain what a Karen is. Those overbearing parents who are, ask you a question but then won't let you answer <laughs> because they'll carry on speaking and almost answer it for you and then talk to you and be like, well, my little schmully does this. <laughs> and I'll be like, okay, when? <laughs> oh, that's Sophie's favourite catchphrase is when, which is short for... When did I ask? Yeah, <laughs> which has evolved into literally when. <laughs> yeah, so obviously the majority of guests are lovely and they're great company, but there can be some eye rollings when meals evolve into almost like an interrogation or also, also a comparison, you know. Have you had experience school with and things like that? <laughs> yeah, I guess. Sometimes when people come and they tell you how to Jewish mother, it's not just the Jewish mother, but how you should do it and what you should do in the future. And, yeah, that, that frustrates me. And when I do speak up, which I am encouraged to do growing up, which is a great thing, I also get eye rolls back. Oh, <laughs> is that? <laughs> look at her speaking up for herself. But good for 
for me, women of the 21st century. That's what yay. we love. Yeah. Oh, yay, Free. Nina, well, yeah. <laughs> Nina for... But you also have guests that you love. Yeah, of course. No, majority I do love. I do love cool. more people. It's just obviously at the end of the week when I'm Jeez. tired and I have to make an effort. <laughs> but yeah. I guess it's all part of the experience. I think we get on better when there are guests, yeah, actually, we because we argue more when it's just... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait, yeah. Like, it's great to say it, but... When politics come, gets involved, um, yeah. or current oh. affairs, and oh. people share some... Brexit. Questions. Yeah. But I've been questioning opinions. I've been around the table with you, Abby, and what I love, and Nina, and Sophie, obviously, and everybody, actually, but what I love about the younger generation, not wishing to sound ancient, is you give as good as you get. So you have sat there with people, and it's not just because you've known them, because you've grown up with them. They'll say, oh, but, I don't know, Abby, you students are all snowflakes, or whatever. They'll mm. say one of these things, and you don't just sort of say, right, whatever. It's teaching you, would you not say the Friday night table... It's a one one of the places where you learn to advocate and say, actually, let hear what I've got to say. People dismiss it as just me being gobby, but yeah. I like I like I, yeah, I can't I let people well, not slander but say stuff that I just can't agree with, and I have to get my words in. Mm. Just have to. So tell me, girls, you're all on the cusp of doing your own thing considering you've been brought up in you know very loving homes and the whole point about the Jewish Mother Me podcast is it's not a parenting podcast it's how you can encourage anybody to feel uplifted and to feel positive about themselves but it, there isn't a desire to stay within the fold Nina you're, you're talking about actually not just going to study away in another city but maybe even yeah. another country so for university I'm thinking to potentially study in America which is something very exciting a new opportunity however <laughs> my parents don't feel the same way I guess it's such a big place and no family and a long way but it's something I feel that I'm ready to do I'm quite independent I need to leave the nest as mum would say you love that phrase yeah um, well, I have great apprehensions because I say it's a long way away uh, across the pond and I feel that our British education system is one of the best in the world, so why not stay at home? We shouldn't have to stay at home in Manchester where we live, she can go anywhere in Britain. But maybe I think the gap year when Nina does go abroad to Israel and learn about the land of Israel, its people, her past, the Bible studies, and also how to look after herself, she'll gain a greater understanding of what she wants to do next. So Yes, of course, I am mothering her. I hope I'm not smothering her. I'd rather she not go so far. No, sorry, I was going to say on that, you said about the education system. I think the American education system actually is more tailored for me because it's a liberal arts approach rather than being tied down to one subject, which mm. I do like because I enjoy learning a variety of different things. And Sophie, you're at the stage where you're starting to think about university applications. And again, I notice when you make the list the places, not not obviously another country. As, oh, actually, no, there is one. Uh, yeah, yeah, but but one, the point but, being, um, like Nina, the idea of staying nearby is not something that's on your wish list. It's not really on my agenda because I just feel that when we live together, I can focus more on the disadvantages than the advantages. Like I said to you the other day that if I didn't live with you and I came home, you know, for those Shabbats and Friday nights, I would appreciate all those, you know, nuances of a Jewish mother more because they'd be more amplified, but in a good way, rather than living with you being like, can you put your plates in the dishwasher, that kind of thing. Instead, I would come home, it would be, you know, well, maybe not challah in the oven, but chicken soup on the stove. And I think I'd appreciate it a lot more. It's not because oh, I'd wanna, I want to escape all of that. I want to escape all of it to come back and appreciate it more. And even you, Abby, even though it's worked out by default that you're studying the same town, you're not taking the easy route, are you? You still feel you don't want to be under the, the shadow of the Jewish mother. I tried to go to uni not in the same town, but unfortunately ended up... Well, I mean, fortunately, I'm very happy in the uni. 
Um, but and because of COVID, I've stayed a couple of years at home. But I've decided that I think feel like it's best for everyone that I move out. I mean, I, I know that my mum would probably want me to stay. But Do you want her to stay? I'm very happy with her at home, and would, I would love her to stay. But I can also I don't want to clip her wings, and I would think she needs to. Um, well, there was a one of my boys had a rabbi who always used to say, "You've got to let them go in order for them to come back." I think that's quite important, and I think if you put a little bit of a distance between yourself and your home life, you can then appreciate what you've had and maybe then pick out the bits you would want to emulate in the future. I think exactly. the most successful parenting is what we want to do, is to make our children as independent, happy individuals. And for them to do that is to encourage them to fly the nest. And uh, well, The last thing you want is to find that, you know, when they're sort of 38... Still, unless something <laughs> it's necessary, you don't want them to be living with you. They need to have independent lives and be we well-rounded individuals. Saying we? that, I think I'll also miss a lot of things about home. You know, I say it's annoying that you nag me, but I'm very grateful that you know things get done. And <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Serious. I mean, I don't like to admit it. It's but okay. Yeah. So in that case, it's well, be any interesting. of you, yeah. because it, also it's great, you've all done youth work, you've been away with friends, you've done different programmes where you've been away for a, a few weeks at a time through school or whatever. What have been the moments when you've missed your mums or missed being Jewish mothered by the Jewish mother role models in your lives? I think kind of having someone on your side. I've done quite a lot of youth camps and been away for quite a number of weeks and it can be quite an extensive period that you realise when your mum's not there you can get very easily irritated with people around you in situations where usually you just have your mum to just rant to her and you just vent her about why you're feeling if you're overtired and she'd just be like, yeah, I understand, here's a bowl of chicken soup, go to bed and there would be no questions asked. Whereas with you with other people, obviously it's character building and you obviously can't stay in the nest your whole life, but I think I definitely do miss that sometimes, just having someone I know there where 24-7 they just, if I say something, they'd understand and trying to do their best to accommodate for Unconditional it. Love, so Unconditional love. Unconditional love, yeah. So so the, the thrust of our podcast is whether everybody needs a bit of a Jewish mother in their lives, regardless of their situation. If you were to export some of that wisdom to somebody and say, this is what would be great in your life, what I've learned from mine, not, not as a dictatorial thing, but just as a suggestion, is there anything about what you have gleaned from the Jewish mother experience that has really set you up and you would say it could be anything from try having a weekly Friday night dinner to having a moment when you can do X or Y what anything in particular that you found about the Jewish mother experience that you would tell somebody else about that is a positive I'd say it's really important when you come back from work or a long day to sit down have a coffee and talk about what you've done and get maybe a bit of advice and a bit of support. It's sort of similar to what Sophie was saying, like a, just someone to rub your shoulder and tell you you're going to be fine. Yeah, I would also agree with that. I guess encouragement is really important and constant support. And as my mum said, unconditional love, knowing they're always there. And and also this idea, I I mean, my mum's my no longer with us, but I would say that I what I liked about when, when I rang my mum, she'd go... Oh, hello, Angie. How are you? And it didn't matter even if she was busy and in the middle. And I've, what I have tried to do is when my kids ring me, not always, <laughs> but certainly, hello, darling. How are you? You know, For the most part, yeah. and be. So you're very lucky because I get yes. Hi, <laughs> can't hear you. <laughs> Fell or I get, or I get a lot of up. butt calls. You get a lot of what? Butt calls. What, it means by mistake when my mum doesn't realise she's calling me. I'm like, mum, hello. 
And yes, can... and she's just out and about doing her own things. So, oh, I'm sorry, was I calling you? <laughs> is that monster mode yet? Or not no, yet? No, monster mode worse than that. is when you go. <laughs> go on. <laughs> should I, I don't know if I should say. Yeah. So one time when I was 10, I remember I was with a friend and I was it was actually on a Friday night. And I was when I was young, I was obsessed with all this creative, fun making, which was my mum's worst nightmare because obviously it made a mess. <laughs> anyway, I did this ice like made a slushy by myself and obviously I didn't tell my mum and I did it with a friend and the next thing you know Shabbos morning it explodes <laughs> in the whole freezer I didn't realise I was busy playing Barbies with my friend as you do all of a sudden Nina <laughs> I'm like oh my gosh she comes I've never you've never seen something like it bless her and that was the end of that I was laughing which I think is so nervous enraged you even more but but we're you, friends after But that. it came yeah. from a good place. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's the get out clause. Fair, you've only had like, I'd say five months to move over growing I, up. I don't want to hear the other Noms, we're doing a separate podcast. Noms <laughs> the monster. Yeah. What's been very illuminating, I don't know what you think, fellow podcasters, is perhaps we've heard things we haven't normally heard our young people tell us, which perhaps, regardless of whether you've got daughters or whatever, if you've got young people around, sometimes they inform us about ourselves. I, I'm just amazed by how kind our girls have been, even though Nina <laughs> said the monster, and I'm not being sarcastic, I still think you've all been very kind. I was very nervous, wondering what revelations would come out, and actually I think everyone is has been very kind and benign, and it's been lovely. Actually. Well, okay, so let, let's let's. So I think the... I've learned something from our girls, <laughs> yes. that you can have different opinions and you can say how you, what you feel and what you'd like in a wonderful polite caring comfortable forum and that's taught me a lot today so thank you i think yeah. in in this room there is a lot of respect for each other yeah. <laughs> i think underneath everything i agree I th well, and i think that's probably part of the secret of it all is so. just trying to um listen and respect yes. each other and i think that's kind of what you've taught me is that no matter how much if you're critical or if you say stuff to me i know it comes from a good place and i think that's what i've learned like even when i say stuff it comes from a good place and that's what you've really passed on to me. Do I have monster moments? Yes. Abby, yeah. does Lynn have monster moments? Not in the past few years, but I also probably blocked them out of memory. Okay. Oh dear, that <laughs> trauma. I can't pinpoint in my mind, but I'm just kind of... too many? <laughs> no, but there's just kind of moments where I don't know if you've had a long day and you just... You don't let rip, but you just... You don't have a filter and you just... But I, it, it's fine. Like, <laughs> like, like, you like I can take it. Human, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, but it's fine. Like, like you can't give what you can't take. Like, it's fine. I, I can take it. Okay. So, two questions I want to ask you before we go, which we talked about. So, first of all, have you ever felt the hand of interference where friends or boyfriends or anything are concerned? Do you think we've been over encroaching with that? I think my mum's always said there are a few things that you should keep to yourself you can ask me anything if you want advice whatever you can ask me anything but if you don't want to say anything that's also fine too so some I stuff, think, some I stuff think we, that's very nice I think we're all entitled to some privacy in our lives and we can't know everything about each other because you need to keep something of yourself for yourself Sophie just flicks me the death stare <laughs> no no I said I think you do show an element of that but it's also you could say I know it's in a jokey way but you know find a nice Jewish boy, that kind of thing, marry well, but... What I mean is, and that's not a financial thing, what I'm saying is, think about somebody who is kind, who will you will laugh yeah. with, who you are attracted to, I think is really, really important. Yeah, yeah. Don't just get married at the age of 24 because everybody else is getting
getting married at the same time, which um, I've known people who've done that and have had successful partnerships and I've known people who've done it and it's not worked out. I think you have to be chemical and I don't. I know it's ooh because you don't want to think about your mother having a pulse, but it, it's mm-hmm. true. You have to have a yeah. spark with somebody. Yeah, when I talk about the, the Jewish thing, obviously every person's entitled to marry who they want, but as far as we're concerned, you have thousands of years of heritage behind you and even though Judaism is matrilineal, which means, you know, please God, you should have families, it'll go through you and the children will be Jewish, we don't want you to think that you will deny that heritage. Yeah, that's why I feel you're not kind of interfering in the sense of that, but I think it's just what you said about being aware, that's sort of what you taught me, but apart from that, you kind of just let me get on with my own thing, which I think is good. Yeah, uh, I was going to say, I think I'm very open with you because I think generally you're quite chilled and laid back, but as I said, I'm the youngest of four sisters, so I'm very lucky I'm more tell, like what Abby was saying, she doesn't tell her mum everything, so I'll tell my mum majority but the details yeah see for my sisters well it's been fantastically illuminating having abby sophie and nina here today so my question is before we offer the takeaway wisdom which we do on every edition which is what can we all learn as we continue our trajectory through life is what have we learned from these girls being so frank with us how important unconditional love is and to have this open forum of discussion and debate is a real privilege and I'm really grateful and don't take it for granted that our girls today shared their thoughts. Um, I think that that's wonderful. And what have you girls learned? That your mother's a human? <laughs> I think, yeah, but I think it comes with age. Obviously, when I was little, I just used to think you were being annoying. But <laughs> No, but it's true. Like, as I've matured, your mentality matures as well. And I realise it does all come from a good place. Yeah, it can be annoying, but it comes from a good place. And it's something that I'd want to emulate. Lynn and Abby, are you going to be arguing in the car when you go home? <laughs> I don't think so. I think we're generally, we see eye to eye on most things, don't we? Yeah, being like your mother isn't so terrible. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I think being a parent, I think I underestimated it. I mean, it's, it's you have to endure a lot of hardships. And I think now we've understand that. And you all come from a good place. You all mean well. And it's just knowing that and that you want the best for us which is and you'll remember that during the monster moment (laughs) (laughs) they're no longer existent but yeah (laughs) i think it's important to not be a carbon copy of your mum but just to kind of take home those elements that Mm. you'd want to pass on and unfortunately abby and i are very very similar so uh, it's (laughs) sorry abby but i think it's a bit of an inevitability to contradict sophie Well, thank you so much for listening to this edition of Jewish Mother Me, in which we hopefully have given you a 21st century snapshot of the Jewish mothering experience. And we hope, regardless of where you are, what you're doing, what your situation is, there might be some bits of wisdom or things you don't want to go near that will helpfully improve your life or even just your day. So thanks so much for listening. From me, Angela. Sophie. Lynn. Abby. Naomi. Nina. It's goodbye from us. And well done, everybody. (laughs) Bye.